Everyone, we continue our read through the New Testament. Today we are in Revelation 17. And Revelation 17 begins the fifth cycle that we get of these visions in Revelation. And it goes from Revelation 17 through 19. And within this cycle of vision, we will see the destruction and judgment of Babylon, the beast, and the false prophet. And in chapter 17, we get an introduction, the identity and the ultimate picture of doom that will come to the great prostitute, Babylon. So let's read and then make some a few just uh, comments as we go. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and said to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who is seated on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality, and with the wine of whose sexual immorality the dwellers on earth have become drunk. And he carried me away in the spirit into a wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names, and it had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple scarlet and adorned with gold and jewels and pearls, holding in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the impurities of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the Great, mother of prostitutes and of earth's abominations. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints, the blood of the martyr of Jesus. When I saw her, I marveled greatly. But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast with seven heads and ten horns that carries her. All right, so we'll stop right here for now. So basically here we get this introduction to the great prostitute. And with this introduction, we also get a description. So she is the prostitute with whom the kings of the earth have committed sexual morality, right? And whose wine, the earth dwellers, those are those who are not citizens of heaven. Those are those who have gone after Babylon, after the prostitute. They have become drunk. And so the leaders of the world sleep with her and the world is intoxicated by her immoralities, by that which she offers them. We see that she is seated on the beast, right? This beast is scarlet, just like the dragon that has given it authority. The picture of scarlet and red is a picture of the bloodshed that comes from these wicked and false abominating, abominational leaders, right? They, their, their bloodshed, their abominations, death is what follows them. And so that's why scarlet is so seen. And the, the, the woman is propped up by the beast. And that's, that's so important, right? Because it's this beastly world system, this, this false messianic system of, of totalitarianism, that, uh, of rulers seeking to lead others astray, that this worldly system props it up because this worldly system gives false security. It gives false senses of, of prosperity. It leads people to vanity. It, it, it promotes idolatry. So the, the beastly system is what props up Babylon, like this prostitute. We see that she is full of impurities, abominations, immorality. She is called the mother of prostitutes. Why? Because she is the one who's given birth to all these other wicked systems, right? So Tyre, Egypt, Rome, all of them come from her, like this Babylonian wicked system, this prostitute. And this is why Proverbs, right? So much of Proverbs is written 
towards a son with the goal of not looking towards the woman, of fleeing the prostitute, fleeing the woman that seeks to lure you in. And that's really the call for Christians. We are not to have our eyes seduced by the worldly system, by this prostitute, because she seeks to kill us. She seeks to bring destruction to us. And that's why she is filled and drunk with the blood of the saints. She seeks to destroy and kill all of those who shed light on her wickedness. Now she is arrayed in jewels and purple, right? A picture of her of royalty, right? That 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 sense of nobility. Scarlet, that picture of the bloodshed, right? That that she reflects the dragon. Gold and jewels. This picture of uh, you know not only this sense of of riches and and profit, but also in a way kind of like adorned, almost like the high priest, right? So she's a, a false priestly system. There's it is full of false religions, right? And that will be the way in which the false prophet comes in and helps lead others astray, right? And we see something fascinating that John marvels over her. Now, what does that marvel mean? Does it mean that he seeks to fall, like follow her? Is he attracted to her? Does it mean that he is amazed by the terror that he sees? Is he, is he afraid of what he sees because of this woman? It's it's hard to say precisely. Nevertheless, the angel of the Lord rebukes him, right, and makes it clear. Don't don't marvel, right? I'll I'll tell you the mystery. And I think the marvel, because of the way that he goes on to explain how this system will be destroyed, is because John is absolutely terrified by the vision of this wicked system, this 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 wicked woman with the the blood of the saints pouring out of her that she is drunk from it, right? And I think. I think he sees this and he is so he is so afraid and terrified of the wickedness that he sees, so put off by it that the angel will now tell of the destruction that she awaits. He wants to give revelation so that John is not afraid, but absolutely confident in the victory of the Lamb over this prostitute and the beast she rides upon. Verse 8, the beast that you saw was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And the dwellers on earth whose names have, have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will marvel to see the beast because it was and is not and is to come. So once again, we see the beast and its counterfeit uh, reality. It's trying to be like God who was and is and is to come. That picture of Christ, right? He wants to be like him and the world marvels in that way, but he is not. He is a counterfeit. He is a less than. Verse 9. This calls for a mind with wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. There are also seven kings, five of whom have fallen. One is the other. One of the other has not yet come, and when he does come, he must remain only a little while. As for the beast that was and is not, it is an eighth but it belongs to the seven, and it goes to destruction. And the ten horns that you saw are ten kings who who have not yet received royal power, but they are to receive authority as kings for one hour, together with the beast. These are of one mind, and they hand over their power and authority of the beast to the beast, and they will make war on the lamb, and the lamb will conquer them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings, and those with him are called chosen and faithful. So let's stop there, right? So there's a lot of deciphering here, right? And, and what's fascinating is John here uses the geography of Rome to help provide pictures of the beast, right? The seven, it's called the city of the seven hills, uh, the, you know, the, the ten nations of Rome. These, these are, are language that would have been used to clearly point to Rome, 
but it's also symbolic. And it, we need to understand that even though he utilizes the geography there, this symbolism is to reflect something greater, right? So like, for instance, seven kings, right? Seven mountains are seven kings. And that picture is a picture to me of completeness, that we need to use that as we have throughout and be consistent with that symbolism, right? These seven kings are pictures of universality. So these are the kings of the world that are painted here, right? And the fifth is, you know, is still to come. One is another. That is the one kind of that brings us to the end of the age. And the other who calls himself an eighth. Now that's important because the number eight is often the number for Christ. Christ is ushered in the eighth day, the greater day, right? But notice he is still a part of the seven. Once This goes to show this final beast, this antichrist, this final one, is a counterfeit Christ. He's wanting to maintain that status as a counterfeit. And this is who the beast is. It is the, na- it is the picture of these kings who are being led by either a single antichrist figure or basically maybe the whole system itself is the antichrist system. Uh, You can have either way. I think there is going to be a man of lawlessness that will lead and gather these nations against the people of God. But here is the great, great news. Verse 14, they will make war on the Lamb and the Lamb will conquer them. The Lamb will triumph because He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. So no matter how many of the worldly kings come against Him, He will win. He will triumph because He is mighty. He is worthy. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. And those with Him are called chosen and faithful. So if you're in Christ, you already win. You already know the victory is guaranteed. So John, if you're like John and you see the systems and symbols of Revelation and you are moved to fear by them, the angel says, look to the Lamb. Look to the victory that you already have. You are on the winning side. You have no reason to fear the terrors of this world because your king is greater and he will win. And you are chosen and faithful. Your identity is chosen. Your calling is faithful, right? You have been chosen by the Lord to be faithful to Him no matter what the cost. Verse 15 to the end. And the angel said to me, The waters that you saw where the prostitute is seated are peoples and multitudes and nations and languages, right? This makes me clear here that this isn't just Rome in mind. This is a universal system, that we have here with the Babylonian system. And then the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. Okay, something's changed here. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out his purpose by being of one mind and handing handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And that woman that you saw is the great city that has dominion over the kings of the earth. So we see a great reversal here. The beast that now that once propped up the woman, we see at the end of the age, turns against her. And the beast and the kings that he lures after him will seek to destroy this wicked worldly system. Now, why in the world may this be? This is God using evil to destroy evil. God will literally use this wicked antichrist system to destroy this, this wicked world, this false worldly system that leads to perversions and wickedness. He will do this 
The same way that God used Nebuchadnezzar and Cyrus and so many other wicked leaders to bring about reforms and destructions and things like that, he is going to do it here at the end, we are told. This is remarkable. He will use evil to judge other evil. And then, as we will see in chapter 19, he will then judge that evil. God is so powerful, so sovereign, so mighty. The system that was once propped up by the beast is now sought to be destroyed by it. And this is why I think that is. I think what this is getting a picture to is at the very end of the age, the world will be so remiss as the church has been sought to be destroyed, the light of Christ has been sought to be buried by the beast, the world will be in shambles and wickedness. And in order to try and promote a new world order, a a, a picture of security and peace, the beast and the kings will go through a, a rampage of trying to destroy the world as we know it. Perhaps creating an, a, a new world order created in their image, a picture of their own heaven and earth that they seek to desire to create. And in doing so, they will have to destroy the old world order, what they see as pervasive and corrupt and wicked, even though it is the system that they have propped up. And in seeking to destroy this wicked world system and bringing decline and judgment upon it, they themselves in the end will ultimately be judged. But in this moment, they are nothing more than a sword in the hand of the Almighty being used to accomplish His will until it is completed. And when it is completed, not only will Babylon be utterly destroyed, but then the beast and all those who follow him and the false prophet And lastly, the dragon, which we'll have to wait to see in chapter 20, get destroyed because of their war against the Lamb. The Lamb is victorious, and God is absolutely sovereign over all of it. And so don't marvel over the terrors of the world as if God is not in control, or if maybe we're losing. No, the angel says, look and see. The Lamb will win, and God is absolutely in control. What a glorious hope for us who are chosen and faithful in Christ Jesus. God bless.